Dads, this is Nathan. Welcome to the latest episode of the Dadversity podcast and a special episode because we have been joined by Mikey Johnson. Mikey is a mortgage advisor, so he's going to be available for the Dadversity community to ask any questions on mortgages, remortgages, interest rates and everything in between. In this episode, Mikey covers some of the questions that the Dadversity community posed to him a couple of weeks ago and some really, really interesting answers, but he's also going to be inside of the Dadversity community to answer any questions that you have moving forward. Hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you soon. Hey Dad, welcome to the latest episode of the Dadversity podcast. I'm joined by uh, Michael Johnson, a mortgage specialist who's come along to talk today about mortgages specifically to try and help dads and also answer some of the questions that are on the dads' minds inside of the Dadversity community. So welcome to the podcast, Michael. How are you feeling? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, very well, thank you. Everything's good this end. I've recently got a mortgage offer, so good. smiling, um, smiling this end. Good stuff. So it works, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. So what, what's your what's your background? Obviously, we've spoken in terms of before we hit record here and, and you've transitioned into mortgages fairly recently. Obviously, you've got quite a lot of experience now. But in terms of your background, you used to be in, in football, real like high performance industry, and then you made that, that leap into mortgages, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So about 14, 15 years ago, left kind of school, went straight into the kind of professional football industry in terms of a, a youth team scholarship and apprenticeship by Peterborough United Football Club. Moved from Norwich, which was my family kind of home to Peterborough to chase that dream. Sadly, like a lot, I kind of reached the age of, you know, 17, 18, and that didn't work out for me and kind of had the option at that point of either pursuing football as a, as a player or coach. And I went down the coaching role. So I spent seven years at Peterborough United coaching, as you said, under some great characters. So Jack Collison, Matthew Everington, Dave Robertson. So just some names there that I kind of coached alongside or under. And just before COVID, I decided to kind of make the move into the, the finance industry and going into mortgage broken itself. Nice. And what, what are you finding? It's obviously a massive transition for you personally, but what are you what are you finding are some of the like common questions that people have got at the moment or the concerns? Obviously, interest rates have gone nuts. So you've probably just been fighting a load of battles over the last kind of few months. Is that has that been the main the main challenge? Absolutely. So I think I think the biggest thing at the minute is transitioning from an, a market that's been at 0.79% was the lowest interest rate that I ever done maybe three years ago to interest rates maybe being an average of four and a half to five percent at the moment. So clearly there's a massive jump from from A to B there. So those that were buying the majority of the market as first-time buyers, those that are buying as first-time buyers and comparing them rates maybe one, two percent a few years back to four, five, six percent now, it's almost, you know, why are rates so high? That's the the number one question that we're getting asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And and what like in terms of I mean, we'll we'll probably come to some of these questions. We actually put the pose the questions of dads inside of diversity around some of the challenges that they're feeling right now but yeah what are people doing to kind of counter it at the moment are they are you typically seeing people hold off they're just not making purchases or, or is it still pretty buoyant out there yeah really good question so i think last last couple of years it's been a, a seller's market you could you could almost put a shed online and it would sell at an extreme price whereas now you you know, estate agents are really kind of having to work for their money. So it's much more of a buyer's market, meaning you can negotiate on the purchase price. But I think the feel out there at the moment is generally if you find the right property and you can afford it, people are moving forward, but they're just being a little bit more cautious around 
you know, dipping their toe in that bath, as to speak. You know, they're, 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 they're maybe not, you know, maybe not on the front foot in terms of searching, but if they find the right house, they are still willing to move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Let's dive into some questions. So we, uh, I put a message out into, into the group a, a few weeks ago now around some of the challenges that dads are kind of feeling with mortgages, not just dads, families, of course, but this is positioned towards dads inside of, inside of the community. And, and we got some interesting ones back, actually. You've probably seen a, a bunch of these over your time advising people on, on the best mortgages to, to take a look at. But are you happy just to dive into these and see where we land? Yeah, absolutely. No problem at all. Awesome. So the first one we got was my mortgage is due to expire in May 2024. What would you recommend doing? We signed a two-year fixed at 2.4%. Okay. Yeah. So this is a common situation that we're finding at the moment. So getting loads and loads of people coming off remortgages. I think it's 800, over 800,000 people in the next six months due to come off their fixed term. So that particular individual is in a very common situation. So first things first, if your fixed rate, doesn't matter whether it's at a high level or a low level, if that finishes in the next nine months or nine to 12 months, absolutely come and have, you know, come and have a, conversa a conversation with a broker. The reason being is, one, if you can prepare in advance what your monthly payments are going to be, it's really going to help. Mm -hmm. For most at 2.43%, they're going to see their interest rate kind of go up by at least kind of double, you know, maybe to four or five percent region. So the ways that we can counteract that, number one, if we know in advance, we can do things to prepare for that. Number two, we can start looking at extending the term. So if that person's potentially on a 25 year term and they're really going to struggle to afford to keep the term the same and the monthly payments kind of you know, nearly double in some instances, um, we can sometimes add term on to bring the monthly payments down. Of course, we've got to be careful because the, the longer the term, the more interest we pay back. Yeah. But there are a few things that we can look to do to potentially bring that monthly payment down because it ultimately it is going to go up. Yeah, we're, we're actually in a fairly similar spot to that. The chap who asked that question. And all I'm seeing is nursery fees are disappearing in November and mortgage fees just going to double. So nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, you're not quids in, sadly. No, yeah, you're not we're going to be. Uh, the, yeah. the, only, the only key thing that I would say to anyone like that, get prepared in advance because mortgage offers last between six months to, to nine months. So yeah. if, if that person's falling off their rate in May, we can apply now, get a mortgage offer. If rates go up, we've got the offer. If rates come down, although we've got a mortgage offer, we'd check our pipeline bi-weekly, meaning that if rates get better, we'll put you onto a new rate. But if rates get worse, we'll keep you where you are. If you go to a bank direct, they're not going to inform you when rates get better because obviously that means they're, they're losing money. Yeah, fair point. And, and just on you on, on you on this personally, you offer this service to individuals. I know you speak at businesses as well. What, what's the cost to get this kind of brokerage service from you personally? Yeah, depending on the case, any anything from zero to £500, realistically. For a remortgage, it's never going to be £500 because that's for a purchase and a, and a different situation. But realistically, anything from about zero to 199 dependent on the individual circumstances and how complicated the case is. It feels like a bit of a no-brainer when we talk about the rates potentially dubbing, doubling, right? That's Yeah, that's mad. Okay, cool. So the next question that came through, how much can we borrow with joint salaries of 96000 Okay, yeah. So a situation like this, as a standard to know your kind of multiples and how much you can lend, 
It is the old school 4.49. So four and a half times your income is generally what you can borrow. So if we had a kind of joint income of say 96,000, I times that by 4.49 as an average, most lenders would give you 431,000. But this is where coming to a broker really helps. Four and a half time is your standard. But in the modern day world, I don't know many clients, especially with the more they earn, they generally the more they spend, which that which then means most people have commitments, whether that be loans, credit cards, car finance, they have some sort of level of commitment. When we then start factoring commitments, each lender has a different view on commitments, i.e. some lenders will ignore it up to £300 a month. There's other lenders that will absolutely absolutely hammer your affordability so what i would say based off say 95,000 96,000 431 would be the standard but i've got lenders that will do six times your income mm. um so actually the swing of going to a broker to make sure you can get the best affordability could get very safe from 431 with one lender i could almost get you up to 560 with a different lender so there's a huge difference that's mad so so i guess the variables are the actual the, the salary obviously the multiple multiple in which these folks will actually lend against yeah and then the affordability which i guess a lot of people go into this probably not thinking as much about but if you've got things like credit cards loans etc that's going to be pretty big impacts as to how much you can you can borrow in terms of the multiple right does that and having having debt would that affect the multiple that they'd be prepared to offer i guess obviously it would right Potentially, yeah. So every lender, just to make it complicated, is a different takes a different view on it. There'll right. be some there'll be some that go absolutely fine. We expect everyone, you know, we've factored in everyone having X amount of debt. And yeah. there'll be other lenders that are really tight on it. And that's the exact same as if you have adverse credit. If you've maybe got a CCJ default, some lenders have a hard stance. No, we don't take anyone with these. Some lenders go absolutely, you know, we understand that and we're not going to change anything because of it. So it's definitely worth speaking to a broker. 100% doing this are you you're just not going to speak to 10 15 banks go through the process well that's it we, we look at 83 different lenders and if you've got yeah if you've got time to look at 83 banks and get an appointment with them then that's a full-time job yeah, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> managing time okay so we had three more questions here mikey we've got we have around 100k equity in our house at the moment and would like to borrow to buy a second property would you recommend doing that now or or waiting it's a tough one to answer isn't it i guess depending on commitments the things we spoke about there in terms of you know, how much you owe what, what the situation is but what's your gut feeling on, on where the market's going i know it's impossible to answer this and but you i guess got more exposure than the most on this would you recommend holding off on the second property at the moment or would you would you go for it i guess that links back to um i think uh, a conversation we had off off recording um absolutely depends on on that property if you have found a property that you fell in love with and you can afford it my, my simple answer is why wouldn't you um you know that property only necessarily comes around once um if you can afford it why wouldn't you move forward because i had clients and conversations at one and two percent and then clients were going michael i'm going to hold off for six months because i think it's going to come that, back down another half a percent six months later it nearly doubled if not more so if the time's right you found the right house you can afford it go for it yeah one one of the one of the things that we're looking at I, i've mainly been self-employed throughout my whole kind of working life and so we haven't invested in things like pensions and stuff and so one of the things that i'm looking at is in the future is taking some equity out of our house and looking yep. at like airbnbs and stuff it feels massively saturated or at least some sort of rental property or something just to get yeah a couple a couple of uh, other revenue streams going for when retirement comes around that that market or that that side of things just feels like everyone's jumped on it recently is it do you get you're that? right 
you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So if we go back five to 10 years that, that Airbnb's, well, the app, you know, I don't think many people have heard of Airbnb and it was a new thing. Whereas now the first thing I do when I look on an, on, an even a, just a night out in the UK, it's booking.com, isn't it? An Airbnb that you potentially look at and a few other agencies, but yeah, exactly right. That I think everyone is looking at HMOs, short-term holiday lets, Airbnb. That is definitely a market that's becoming heavily saturated, but I, I like you thinking it's the exact same as me. I don't pay into a pension at the moment. I've got a buy to let that I rent out. And for me, rather than kind of short-term cash flow, it's more of actually let's get this paid off and I'll sell that when I need to retire. Is that, has that changed a lot, do you think? Because I, I get the same impression. I speak to my in-law who works in a state agency and he's taking the view that lots of landlords who are in it for short-term profit are just getting out now because there's not short-term profit there. You just have to take the view of this person's going to pay the mortgage off and in 20 years you'll see the benefit. Is that the view to take at the moment? I, I think everyone's different because in, in, in the right property, there is still some massive, massive gains to be made, especially in like buy, refurbish, refinance. So I think in the, in the right market, there is money to be made. However, it's certainly not as simple as what it was because when we had rates of one, two, three percent, the margin on, on, on the monthly repayments was just a huge gap between rent, whereas now that's definitely been shortened. So I think it is more of a long-term plan if you're looking at a standard buy-to-let rather than a short-term plan. But I think if you are looking at Airbnbs and you get it right, there can be can be huge gain there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the other dynamic is I'm crap with tools and so on. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. It's been outsourced and costed a fortune. It, yeah, I'm the exact same. If there's a light bulb to be done, I'm just about there. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, just, yeah. Right. What are the main differences between interest only and repayment mortgages? Yeah. So uh, the main difference is one, you're paying off the house. You, uh, every time you make a monthly payment, you are putting money in the bank's back pocket, but you're also putting money in your back pocket, i.e. you're owning a little bit more of that house every time. And that's a capital and repayment mortgage. At the end of the term, you're going to own it. Main difference with an interest only, of course, you're chipping away at the interest, but you're not actually putting any money in your back pocket. You are still, however, obviously the house is hopefully growing in value. So although you're not chipping at the mortgage, you are still technically gaining because the house value is going up compared to the mortgage size. Typically, interest only versus repayment is normally investor versus buying it to live in. Most investors go for interest only. Most so tend to be residential. Interesting. I guess with with... And we've never, I've never really thought about doing interest only on the, on the property that we live in with the family, but I guess it'll probably chuck a few extra hundred quid in your back pocket every month as well, right? It would, it would. And uh, there's something called the mortgage charter. So there was a, a big thing come out recently that people are struggling to pay the mortgages and, you know, cost of living's got up. So residential interest only is very, very complicated. So right. you can't, you can't actually go in and go, oh, I want a residential interest only. And it doesn't normally tick many boxes and you've got to normally earn over £75,000, own, earn, uh, sorry, more than 50% in your house or percentage in your house, which most people don't. Obviously, there are some that do qualify for that. However, the mortgage charter has said for six months, interest only, everyone can pretty much qualify that's got a, you know, that's got a mortgage, just give them that breathing space. Wow. Oh, and that's for six, right. Okay. So when you renewal comes around, you can pivot over to that and then go back presumably when the next that makes sense or, or even if you're in a mortgage currently and you're struggling to make payments you can go ring up your lender and you can say do i qualify for the mortgage charter and they've if you do then they'll put you on interest only for six months only oh mikey that's gold listening to that because there'll be a lot of families that are struggling right now i know a, a friend of mine used to pay i think it was like six seven hundred quid or something and his, his mortgage has gone up to fifteen hundred quid a month overnight yeah. 
it's like what do we do absolutely yeah and I think we're all in the same boat I'm in the process of moving I was paying 800 pounds between me and an ex-partner so 400 pounds each my monthly mortgage payments on my new place which is worth less than what I had previously it's going to be 1300 so it's it's nearly a thousand pound a month more so it's yeah it's, it's going to be testing times for everyone yeah 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 what would you or would you recommend any specific like oh this is an interesting one because I've been through this this battle as well so I like this one would you recommend any specific lenders after being self-employed for under six months this is we you know when you go through that thing of being self-employed the first thing you look at is oh shit I need two years books to get a mortgage yeah yeah conventional kind of advice that's massive isn't it it's a real big consideration when you hit a certain point in life for me when I was that early 20s I really didn't care and whatever I'll just deal with it it. yeah 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 yeah. when I hit 25 I'll make a decision but this is this is massive for people that are thinking about going self-employed and are in that process of buying what what's the like what's the generic kind of advice on this yeah so I guess I'm walking talking proof yeah Um, yeah yeah last October I went self-employed not knowing what would happen with my situation so ended up having to sell a house and now look to buy so zero years books it is possible if you've been in the same line of work so you were let's just say a a barber employed you've gone to a set up your own barber shop um zero years books we've got three lenders that will take an accountant's projection providing you've been in the same line of industry if you're going from a totally different industry to a new self-employed, they're not going to look at it. Yeah. Uh, one year's books, we've probably got 10 lenders, or, you know, eight to 10 lenders. So if you've got one year's books, we can definitely make it work. Now that can be SA302s or full year's accounts. And then two years books, as you said, that's just the, the generic old school kind of way of looking at two years books, you're fine. But yeah, if you're at six months, you're going to struggle to get a mortgage. There's no doubt about that. You're going to have to go to a specific lender and pretend, well, for a fact you're not going to get the most attractive rates however if you can get to one year's books um we're going to be able to get competitive high street rates and get your mortgage fairly simply does that does that kind of rule work for people who've got limited companies as well correct yeah that's sole traders limited companies or partnerships but the key is if you're in the same line of work it makes it easier if you're in a different line of work you are going to need to get to that one year's stage got it Awesome. Cool. Well, look, that, that's, that's what we have from the community. That's really, really, I wish I, I wish we kind of met like five, six years ago. It would have solved a lot of the problems in my head as well at that point. But Mikey, I'm sure you, I'm sure the dads would love to have you back at some point. Is there any kind of generic advice that you'd, you'd give them at the moment? Or is it a case of just being patient, waiting for the right conversation? I guess just picking up the phone to you if they need any help, right? Where, where can, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my kind of business name is at the mortgage minder, or if you're looking at kind of, you know, social media, it's at the mortgage minder underscore. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, feel free. It's a, it's a free conversation. Um, I'm happy to help whether it be out of hours, in hours, you know, unsociable hours. We work round the clock as my partner would always remind me, but yeah, as long as Chelsea aren't on, then, then you'll get a hold of me. But yeah, no, I'd be happy to help. Um, absolutely and the key right now is be prepared like you said cost of living is going up energy bills are going up mortgages are going up compared to the last couple of years so have a conversation you should pick up the phone awesome and we'll invite you into the community as well um, amazing the questions that come back the other way is that all right i'd love to yeah absolutely well love it mikey thanks so much for answering those and we'll have you back on soon if you're up for it absolutely look forward to it cheers mate thank you cheers